If you look up the word trailer in a dictionary, like, say, for example, Oxford Dictionary, you get two different explanations. Either a trailer can be an unpowered vehicle towed by another, or it can be a series of extracts from a film or broadcast used for advanced publicity. Now, if you've been with us at Yellowbrick Road long enough, you might guess that this episode won't be focusing on the first. Talking about towed, unpowered vehicles is something we leave to podcasts about trucking. Unless we decide to do an episode about Smokey and the Bandit, of course. No, it's of course the second explanation we're going to focus on today. Trailers have been used in entertainment history since the very start. And when it comes to films, those trailers are usually exactly what Oxford Dictionary says. A series of extracts from a film used for advanced publicity. The film is already shot, and the trailer is created from that pool of existing footage. But when it comes to game trailers, it's a different story. Because when a game developer orders a game trailer from a production company like, for example, Goodbye Kansas Studios, that game is still not ready. There is not yet any pool of cool shots to edit a trailer from. All these must be created, sometimes based on concepts or actual assets, sometimes from scratch, in close collaboration between the game developer and the game trailer production company. These trailers are created to give the audience a taste of the worlds they'll meet when the game is released in the future. They are usually grand, epic, and have a cinematic feel about them, so they are aptly called cinematic trailers. We have talked about the production of many cinematic trailers here at Yellowbrick Road through the years, like Cyberpunk, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla and Skull and Bones. But today we'll focus on a special kind of trailer, the character trailer. An art form of itself, where your goal is to introduce audiences to the characters of an upcoming game, in a string of shorter trailers. One of the games that Goodbye Kansas Studios has produced a cinematic trailer for is Redfall, developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda. But Goodbye Kansas did also deliver a bunch of character trailers for that game. So today, the Yellow Brick Road leads back to Redfall and the production of these character trailers. Follow me and let's meet some vampire hunters. Hi everybody, I'm Nils Lagergren and this is Yellow Brick Road, your favorite podcast about movies, games and visual effects. And yes, today we're going to return to the world of Redfall, but this time to take a closer look at the animated character trailers that Goodbye Kansas produced. So here to tell us more are three of the vampire-kicking heroes from the Goodbye Kansas team, director Emnet Mulegeta, art director Tom Walton and illustrator Carl Johnson. Welcome guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So nice to have you here. Emnet, you're one of the regulars here at Yellow Brick Road. Always a pleasure to have you here. But Tom and Carl, this is your first visit here. So let's start with some introductions. Tom, you've been with Good About Kansas for some time now, and you have actually worked with this podcast, Yellow Brick Road, editing a bunch of episodes a few years ago. But, but now you work as assistant director and motion graphic artist. So, so how did it all start? Why did you choose this career? 
Um, yeah, well, um, I, I guess uh, it's a cliche thing, but uh, I didn't uh, choose it so much. I was uh, doing comics for uh, a long time ago and even attended the same. I think we went to the same school, right, Kalle? Yes, we did. You were two years after me, so we never met at school. Yeah. But- it's the same education. Yeah, I heard a rumor uh, about a guy that was good at drawing and also a big Conan fan. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that's where yeah, I think I think it all started, and that evolved into me trying to live as an illustrator um, and doing comics. But um, well, I wasn't good enough uh, to do that, so. Um, I got a lot of requests about um, doing animations uh, for my illustrations, but uh, I didn't have the technical skills. So I, uh, a couple of years later, um, I went to uh, another school and uh, started to do music videos and uh, theaters and uh, other kind of uh, uh, creative stuff yeah exactly and from there on i, I did a lot of uh, the projection mappings and all kinds of arts and f- live stage stuff but uh, that also had a bit of financial trouble and i wasn't so much comfortable in doing that so when i got a call from goodbye kansas uh, I, it was a no-brainer for me and uh, from there on i've been Evolving in illustrations and uh, animated concepts and editing and that kind of stuff that we do now. Great. And Carl, you're mainly working as as a comic book artist, uh, but you're also involved in the gaming industry. Yeah, I've I've become involved in the gaming industry for the (laughs) last, I think, last two years. It has really uh, increased a lot. uh, And I... I do believe it's it it has like both to do with me evolving as an artist. I didn't only want to do comics, so I kind of started looking around for those kind of gigs, uh, but also about uh, the gaming industry growing so much uh, and there being like actual a lot of work available if you're mm. an artist that's good good enough. It's also a hard competition because it's an international market, which is flattering for me. Uh, but I started out uh, with comics. Uh, as Tom said, we went to the same education. I wasn't either good enough when I was finished with that <laughs> yeah. education, but I was crazy enough, I think. Uh, <laughs> no, but I actually did my first uh, graphic novel while I was at school. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, published uh, pretty soon after that. So I got kind of a running start. Mm. Um, but the comic books industry in Sweden is very small and uh, it's hard to make a living. So. Uh, and that has kind of forced me to do a lot of different stuff. Uh, children's books is uh, is a pretty big industry in Sweden compared to our population. So mm. I've done a lot of work there. Uh, um, but I also have uh, good friends who are in the TV and movie industry. So I made like both concept arts, a lot of storyboarding, of course, uh, for both TV and, and, and movies. Uh, I've even worked with uh, Fido Film once. Uh, ah. Back in the days. Back in the days. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I love working in different medium. Mm. I think it's, and I also, something, I think you're, as an artist, you discover stuff about like, of course, about your strength, but also that doesn't only have to do with uh, 
like your technical skills, what you mm. can like express with your drawings or your animation. It's also like how you how you work, your process. And I think what I've found is that I really enjoy working in teams. And comic book artists are often very lonely. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. But uh, I really enjoy it. I think it makes me better to work in a team and, and I get inspired by other people. Uh, so uh, that, that thinks, I think that's something that also draws me to the gaming industry. That Yeah. Uh, there is a price, of course, you have to set your ego aside. <laughs> that that can be healthy though sometimes <laughs> as a comic book artist you used to be like the star yeah although a, a star without money <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive down into the world of redfall um emnet the cinematic announcement trailer for redfall that you also directed was released in the summer of 21 i believe but, but this new redfall project was an entirely different story Tell me about that project. It was. It was, um, you know, we did this through Arcane is the game studio and then Bethesda is the publisher. So what happened was that Bethesda came back to us and said, you know, we love what you did and we wanted to sort of highlight the characters of this game since there is a sort of ragtag hero team. So they asked us, like, can, can we come up with a concept where we can do character studies or character films? Um, so then, um, of course, we jumped on it, you know, and then, you know, one of the first thing that we asked was basically, you know, what what style are you thinking? And they wanted to do something different from the original trailers and do something maybe that's more a more nimble approach to it rather than doing a full CG. So, um, yeah, so that that's when the idea of coming up with doing more of a motion graphics uh, animated illustration, um, sort of a moving, almost moving comic book, um, you know, story. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, you you're usually working with like classic cinematic 3D trailers. How did you approach this project creatively then? Well, so like I said, I mean, you know, one thing that we knew that the client wanted to talk about with Bethesda was was giving a bit of a background to these characters. So we set up these stories as almost like little confessionals. So they start off in the same setting that we do in the in the trailer. But we we set it up as almost like an interview that one of the characters, Dev, he interviews the other other um, people in the in the crew and then we sort of get thrown back to you know uh, to to how they ended up on this island basically mm. um and and we wanted to do make that is to separate the, the storytelling you know we start off with a cg style of them being interviewed and then you know we get thrown back into their story and, and that's all made in sort of you know moving illustrations motion, motion graphics um so that was a bit of a different thing and obviously you know, one thing that, that we did talk about is just having really solid scripts for these. And this is where Arcane came in and sort of supplied like a first draft of the scripts, obviously, because they know these characters and, you know, they know the whole backstory. And then, you know, we gave our input, trimmed them down a little bit, you know, made them a bit more lean. Um, and, and then we set about, you know, finding the, the visual style of it. So, yeah. And the visual style, uh, you, you brought in Carl and the team obviously. Uh, how did that come about? Well, um, I don't know. No, but <laughs> I think you'll have to ask these guys how they found me exactly, but I, I suspect I was recommended. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I, um, I've heard a lot about Carl and I've seen what he's done before. And, and you've been to school. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a lot later, actually, that I, I like. I noticed that Carl's name popping, it was starting to pop up uh, uh, a little bit of everywhere. And we talked about bringing you in 
before and some people knew you also it wasn't only me but i heard a lot of good about you uh, also and we knew that we wanted uh, this kind of american uh, uh, line style not to uh, not to uh, east uh, anime we, kn- we we knew sort of and uh, uh, what we wanted and that's where we realized that your kind of illustration style and your kind of uh, drawings and ink lines is like okay this is what we want but then we had meetings with you where you also where you also did a lot of different uh, variations of your style but it's still you of yeah. course yeah. and yeah, they but, and then we yeah we did the r&d stuff we pitched it to them and they they wanted your kind of style but we yeah. wasn't sure on exactly how it was gonna look no, exactly. And, and that was, I, I got to say, that was sort of a blessing that we, because, you know, your, your site, the, the link to your work sort of floated around the, the team. And then I remember watching it and looking at the stuff that you've done. It's like, well, do, do you think he would even be interested? You know, <laughs> uh, I was asking them and then, of course you were. Thank God. Uh, so. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, I, I was uh, thrilled because uh, uh, I, I can say without flattering you that I, 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 honestly was a Goodbye Kansas fan uh, because I, I've i seen your trailers uh, and I've, like one of them was directed by Mnet. Uh, that was one of my favorites and I, I didn't know, know you oh, back really? then. So well, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I always thought it was, they, it was like uh, that they were often like uh, very intelligent and they had like uh, an, often an interesting perspective. You could you can sense that there was a playfulness and that you allowed yourself uh, a creative uh, freedom mm-hmm. uh, and that there was a confidence in that that I mm. that I like was attracted to and also I was attracted to the just the level of your animation that it was like world class now I am flattering you I guess but <laughs> but I mean like for me you know like I'm still uh, even if I've had a modest success with my comics on the international market, especially my comic Vey, uh, which is like a fantasy adventure, um, it's still comics. So even though I work di- digitally and all that, it's still like the the base is pretty simple. It's 2D art printed on paper in the end. Mm. And it's like there's certain... It's it's not very complicated. Like that's what I love the comic book medium as well. It's so democratic. Like anyone can express mm-hmm. themselves uh, with comics. Like every teen can start making a comic in their home. But what you guys do is uh, for me still so magical uh, because yeah. it's like breaches some kind of borders uh, in in storytelling. So. Uh, Well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> it, was, it felt like uh, uh, even what we do is motion graphics, not 3D graphics. It still felt, felt like it could be part of that kind of epic, uh, huge kind of yeah. big mm. budget, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's alluring. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, but you said that, that that you experiment with different kind of, of style, visual style. How do you, what, what, what kind of different styles and how did you kind of, go for that style well i think you know we, we did the initial pitch where we sort of talked about the the, the like the the basic storytelling of it yeah. setting it up as a confessionals mm-hmm. so that was the first st- step and they liked that and then we came back and then we brought you on board and then we did um you did some uh, um just um 
uh, line drawing still uh, yeah. test basically right we we went from like more clean stuff to more a bit more rougher stuff and we showed that gamut you know that whole range to the mm-hmm. client you know just to give them sort of you know working as we do like a very sort of step by step and we also experiment with with color palettes because we knew you know they had a very specific color palette for the game so we experimented with that and then you show them all that stuff and and then basically give them a choice like where, where would you you know where, where do we want to fit this this world in and then you know they came back with what they liked and yeah and also i, I think from when we talked about earlier it was also how much time would it take to make yeah. these things right because yeah. that's also obviously we have a budget we have a time plan time schedule right so you know we can't do full on cell animation for instance uh, and also some illustration styles i think it's a bit quicker lend themselves to do more uh, iterations than others so Definitely. Um, but it's always like it's just good to do the exercise of of trying out different things and not locking, you know, into one style straight away. So, what inspiration did you have and visual references? Yeah, we tried to make Nola, um, but they didn't like uh, the edginess of that. And we tried we tried a lot of famous American artists, but the one that they liked was was Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I mean that's that's what we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think um, like I, I remember one of the artists they used as a reference mm-hmm. was uh, I don't remember her name now. This was very nice illustration work, very uh, like uh, a fluid, uh, almost brush like uh, line art. Uh, oh yeah, um, and. Um, I think uh, an interesting thing is that uh, uh, there is like, um, uh, I would say almost uh, a, a way that most, bo- uh, a lot of male comic book artists draw. Mm. And there's a way that's more feminine in our view. And I, I mean, this is just culturally, of course, it's not yeah, biologically yeah. programmed, <laughs> but uh, there are often like an edginess in, in the way men, like a blockiness with squinting eyes. And uh, I think men, especially in America, making comics has uh, a, a, a more narrow range of emotion in their characters because they usually just express uh, uh, anger or... Um, Uh, and determination <laughs> and yeah and perhaps fear but they never show show uh, vulnerability um and they I, never I, blush yeah, yeah they yeah. never <laughs> blush and they, uh, and there's no sensuality to them really uh the way i think that I'm, i'm generalizing now a lot but i do believe that uh, i've been often been told that i draw like a woman uh and i i always take that as a compliment because i'm very eager to show vulnerability and sensuality uh in my characters even if they are tough military types and uh, and uh, i think that suited this project where you're trying to create empathy em- empathy and interest in these characters and get as close to them as possible in an action setting on a, f- a very short little movie uh So, so that thing, I, I, so if I, I think that's something that could have benefited the project. Yeah, that they have a soft feminine touch. <laughs> <laughs> How short are the films? Uh, they're about a minute in length. Um, I think the first one was a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, when we started out with uh, Layla, which is one of the characters, the first one that we did, but around a minute. Is that a, a challenge, or is something good in it? that you need to convey all of this in such a short it's always a challenge i mean that's what we always struggle with but then like, you trim away all the stuff yeah we try to trim the fat and try to make it because also i mean you know there was also a wish that these could live on as um almost like a little instagram yeah. you know cut downs and and sort of you know to cater for the 
for the short attention span of today's <laughs> youth, I guess. Uh, but so we wanted to make him a bit more nimble and not, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the characters, the gang that this is about, they are already design-wise kind of cartoon, cartoonish in a sense. Uh, how was it to transfer this into the 2D way of writing or, or drawing? Much harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, because I could see like that they were cartoony and I think that was of course uh, a good thing for me uh, yeah. uh, because it makes it easier to kind of like okay I uh, they have like um, the schema- schematics of their face structure and stuff like that you can clearly see that everything is a bit simplified which it makes it easier to translate to drawing at the same time I think my biggest challenge was to make the faces right Tom helped yeah. a lot with that uh, because I, I'm not used to uh, like uh, doing portraits I guess mm-hmm. I mean like if I make comics I usually design the character myself or that's I do that uh, <laughs> sometimes I use the references but that just as inspiration in the end it's me taking all the decisions and I think uh, like many other visual artists I have like a certain like little library of faces that I kind of like even if I try to make all my characters look differently it's still like a limited range in a way Uh, like a comfort zone mm. uh, and in, in this case i had to draw faces like that made have features i'm i'm not used to draw basically so i really had to kind of like adapt and tom was such a great help like pointing out these kind of like oh the jawline you have to like look at this you know that mm. stuff that i just took but i always draw jaw like this <laughs> but no but it doesn't look like her uh Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, I I get what you're saying, and it's I think overall in our company and uh, I, I hopefully in a lot of the VFX industry, but especially here with what you said, us being um, a creative company, uh, trying to uh, do things that are a little bit different and stand out. Of course, everyone is trying to do that, but I think we try. I think a lot of clients come here to do to get that feeling to get like okay yeah they have a smart solution they have they have something uh, wonky in a good way that we can do with hyper real or motion graphics and that kind of kind of stuff but we get that by having that creative space and having a constant feedback culture we have like dailies every day that we go and help each other and like with you what i did with pointing out features in the face the same i do with mnet and mnet goes to me and said like oh this edit you do here and and this thing here that we're trying to tell you don't get that across you need that kind of you need to get to get uh, get to be taken out of your own mindset But I mean, let's talk about the process. Uh, projects like this, do you still start with, with a boardmatic, or or and yeah. you create a timeline and then you improve it? Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I, I think we, I mean, we followed our usual process because yeah. that that stability gives us space enough to sort of then play. I think so. Mm-hmm. We always like the, the, one of the blessings, Carl, is that you also did the storyboards, which was a really fun process because we you know we used to we did like these th- three four hour sessions at, at mm. the office where we go through the story talk about it 
you know, and Tom and I would do like little thumbnails and then, you know, you would do suggestions. So it was just a constant sort of back and forth. So we did start with storyboards because that's the foundation. And then we did boardematics to sort of find the timing. And then, and then it came back to you to do the refinements of those storyboards. So it's all about like, okay, are we, are we getting the expression across the facial expressions, the, 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 you know, the, the, the you know, the composition, is it working? Because one thing also like, you know, like you obviously know that, you know, you can tell a lot of things by just one frame, right? You don't mm. necessarily need to have multiple frames to tell a story. So we're trying to be economical in that way and trying to find compositions that, that would work. So, I mean, if you look at the original storyboards and the final frames, I mean, they're pretty similar. I mean, that yeah. was our blueprint. So, um, yeah, so, so that was the process. So storyboard, boardomatic, and then started inking and coloring and, and animation came in. So. Yeah. But it's not like a timeline with shots. It's more like one shot that it's constantly improved. No, it, it was actually shots. Yeah, we broke it down into shots once we had this, the, the storyboard and the boardomatic done so we could work that way. It's just, again, having that structure helps us yeah. to explore creative stuff so we don't have to, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think it's much uh, different from a full CG um, commercial or TV show or that that kind of stuff that we also do that in this we only have a smaller team here yeah much smaller team. yeah and us. every person has a a bit more say and has a bit more power because usually we have one person who's really good at making feathers and mm-hmm. one person who's doing the lights and the layout and uh, all of those really specific tasks but here we have a smaller team where everyone has more of a say and I think with this project, I don't know how much it shows in the final product, but I think in this project, we also had a very embracing culture about also, you can drop small notes uh, um, to someone, even if it isn't on your table, then you can be like, oh yeah, this thing, I'm thinking about that and that kind of stuff. But otherwise, I think it's the same as when we do regular shows where we have we have storyboards we follow that as much as we can we try to follow the story as much as we can but but is it funnier to work with such a small tight production than these huge monsters of production i think think it's always nice with variations you know um so yeah i mean i enjoyed it and it was nice just having that small team you know i mean tom and melia marcus one of our animators you know We, we, I mean, that's basically they basically did everything in in, in the animation. Yeah, Marcus did art uh, direction as well. Flott, för att bara ta So, what what softwares did you use doing this? I mean, it was a classic, right? We just pen and paper started off with that, and then uh, um, uh, After Effects for the animation. Yeah, and in the, the premiere for editing. Yeah, cinema on some parts, um, but just for minor stuff. Mostly, it was all the Adobe uh, magic. Not that we're sponsored by them or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. You, you're using yeah to, ca- to counter that sponsoring uh, announcement. Uh, I I use uh, Clip Studio Paint, huh? which I have worked with for over 10 years now. And it's amazing. Back when it was back when it was called Manga Studio. <laughs> wow. And some of the like uh, uh, menus were in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that kind of style, uh, I, I say, because uh, as an old comic artist that hasn't done any professional work as a comic artist for 
ever, or if I ever done one. But the uh, I heard that Photoshop is good for everything except drawing. Yes, that yeah. is true. <laughs> but is Clip true. Studio is great in doing all this kind of comic look and flats. And yeah, yeah, it's it's really uh, optimized for comics, and I I do think it's very good for for line art. So what I mean, we we talked about some challenges, like for example, transferring these three D characters into two D cartoon characters. But but project wise, what what was the most challenging parts of it? Wow, that's a good question. I'm not sure what was it. I mean, we we had a really trusting client, to be honest. I mean, that always helps. Yeah, that always helps. You know, because we can. You know, they they sort of. Um, yeah, they trusted us in sort of telling the story and making making it work visually. But I'm not sure. Maybe we, you know. Yeah, I'm sure that there was some challenges. You never ran into trouble. At <laughs> no, some point? not no. really. I mean, like like I said, I mean, like Tom said, I mean, we, you know, we kept it to a really small team, right? So yeah. it was just a tightly knit. You know, we could just bounce ideas, and we, you know, we executed things, and you know, there wasn't any sort of technical challenges because we're doing it almost traditionally, right? Mm-hmm. There's very little sort of technique in the way between mm-hmm. between you know telling the story and making it you know come alive on 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 the screen so to speak yeah we have we have challenges in that we haven't done um uh such a mograph heavy part that was singularly um depending on the illustrations and mograph um for a while we we used to do that a little bit more like a couple of years ago yeah. but for different reasons at that time, uh, we decided to scale the whole team down and uh, and yeah. and uh, basically go in a totally different direction. Yeah. So uh, since then, we haven't done so much, but we had requests. Yeah, I, I would say one thing that we did smart with this project, and this was a, from from thing from the get go, is that we, you know, we we designed it to sort of fit the time frame and and mm. what the budget and the scope was, right? So, you know, that we we didn't we didn't go for to do full on lip sync for instance because no. we knew that once you know one thing like you know, for two reasons right one it didn't really it wasn't necessarily to tell the story and two it would have you sort of blown our budget basically on time because yeah. everything obviously has a limit to it so I think I think we designed it in a clever way mm. um, to, to sort of avoid those big pitfalls or challenges to be honest yeah yeah let's hope we're gonna do more of these projects uh, with uh, MoGraph uh, heavy, I think it's really, really fun. Yeah. Mm. One thing that was challenging was that we, of course, we um, we were using the characters from our old trailer, and uh, sometimes when you, uh, sometimes when you make a trailer, because we we doing we're handling like huge amounts of data. In our work. And we're talking about, just to specify, we're talking about the 3D part that we do, yeah, that we see yeah. in the beginning and, and at, at the end. Yeah. 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 So, so that was uh, one challenge to bring those up and make sure everything was running and do all the scenes again. But like it, eventually it, it, it came together and I think it looks really nice. It was a big problem, but that was a challenge. Like, is this really going to work again and adapt in a new environment? Were those characters in those parts uh, mocapped or? Yeah, yeah they yeah. were. They, they were mocapped. Yeah, so we we sort of you know unarchived our old assets and then mm-hmm. brought them back to life. And then we we had performers coming into the studio, and then we did like a simple one day shoot. Um, so yeah, yep. 
Okay. So I can also add a challenge because I think it might be interesting if there's anyone um, like an illustrator listening and uh, who are going to work on a similar project. Uh, of course, there was a challenge with the whole technical part with like using working with parallaxes. You have to have like almost like a mathematical kind of like yes, <laughs> schedule for all the layers, mm. but th- that's not very fun to talk about. But I think aesthetically, it was like finding a balance between expression and being true to the game. Yeah. Because you want to be as expressive as possible, especially in motion graphics, I think, where everything is very 2D. So you want to use that, like, uh, the benefits of being 2D. You can do stuff that is, like, more abstract than uh, than if you would put them in your 3D trailers. They would look out of place in that world. But, uh, but at the same time, it's very important that certain locations and the characters' clothes and stuff like that, they need to be on point, like, from the concept art or the 3d environments in the actual game so so you have to find a balance and kind of like how much can you tweak it how much can you simplify it yeah without losing the yeah uh, the familiarity with the game the essence of the characters yeah Hmm. so what was the most rewarding about the production well, for me, it's it's getting to know Carl and oh. working with him. No, I'm, I'm this seri- is like I'm, a love bomb. No, I'm serious. I mean, it's, it's really it's, hot it's in just, here. It, it, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It is hot in the studio. No, but seriously, it's 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 always, um, you know, when you find people that you collaborate with, you, you, obviously you're not always sure how it's going to work out. And like you said, you know, earlier, you know, um, is that the, that they enjoy the collaborative nature, which is really good because, I mean, that's how we like to work. So, um that was it. And also just being able to sort of come back to my roots. Because I mean, I started in design and motion graphics and it was cool to to do a project like that again. Uh, and then also, yeah, working with Tom as well. So that was fun. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I'll, I'll say the same thing. I think it's what's... And you guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Get a room. And I can say the same thing. I think it was wonderful working with you guys. You're like the best uh, team I worked with. Mm-hmm. So good at what you do and inspiring and also like i think there's a it was really nice to uh, get to know good by kansas uh, uh as a newbie in the house uh, i think uh, you seem to have a, a nice thing going like there's a friendly atmosphere very relaxed and i was impressed by that because i uh, maybe i expected a bit more high strung atmosphere because your budgets are are so beyond what I'm used to from the comic book industry. So I thought, oh, they're going to be real serious mm-hmm. in here. But you weren't. It was no, very, that's, that's very too friendly tiring attitude. to be serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're, you're getting numb to it too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, we're, I think we are serious, but uh, w- when we need to, but mm. not like, because I imagine some, uh, we were talking about references earlier. We were, of course, looking at also reference for like some French animation houses and uh, um, some also like um, uh, still animations from Blizzard and that kind of stuff. And French animators houses are a bit too, uh, my, 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 what do you call assumption about uh, French animation houses is that they are like rock stars and be super loose and crazy and Blizzard being a little bit stiff. I think we are like somewhere in between that in a good way, maybe. Yeah. This turned into a lovely, uh, (laughs) love-filled podcast episode. I I think we'll wrap it up here on this high note. Uh, Are are you hoping for another project like this, I guess? Of course. Yes. 
And you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, don't hesitate to contact us if you have questions or ideas about what we should talk about here at Yellowbrick Road. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And you reach us at podcast at goodbyecancers.com. Until next time, goodbye, à bientôt, auf Wiederhören, wir hörs.